Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome back to Sophie Cinema Club. I'm Colson Smith, and as always, I'm joined by... Jack P. Shepard. Ben Casper. Ben Casper. The Sofa Cinema Club is our podcast where we get together to educate each other on films. Now it's all about the films we should have seen, but we haven't. Each week we pick a film for the other to watch, then we get into the studio and we talk about what we loved, hated and rated about the film. Now the beauty of our film club is that anyone can join in. All you guys have to do is watch along with the film and then join us every Thursday to find out what we thought. This week's film has been chosen by Ben. It is a classic. It is one of his favourites. And that film is Kez. But before we get into talking all things Kez, as always, how's your week been? What have you been up to? Well, I suppose we finished last week, didn't we? Because all three of us had a little jaunt to London, didn't we? We all went on Loose Women. School trip, wasn't it? But we were all getting there separately, weren't we? You went down during the day the day before, didn't we? And I went down at night, didn't I? Yeah. Of and you were working, weren't you, Ben? So you had to travel on the morning. But I think they asked me a question. Well, I put it on my Instagram, didn't I, about my train journey down. And they asked about it on Loose Women, but I couldn't really go into details because we only had six minutes of airtime, didn't I we? I did notice, because you'd been telling me and Ben and everyone you saw about <laughs> your journey, but you got it down to about eight and a half minutes. And when they asked you on Loose Women, I went, oh, fuck, well, that's oh, well, the interview we over. That's, that, the that's interview. it. I can't, me and Ben kind of shared this look to be like, I'm glad we travelled down to talk about the podcast because now Jack's just going to talk about How his- was your journey? Well, <laughs> Do, doing all the actions of a choo-choo train and everything. The one hour of Loose Women taken up by Jack Shepherds. So go on then, Jack. Share. share. Let, let's go through our Loose Women Day because there's quite a lot that happened on the Loose Women Day. But let's start with the train journey. So if, if, I, if I say, I put in the WhatsApp chat that we have, good luck getting to London, all the trains are fucked. I'm on a train. Everyone's stood up. This is the first train to leave in 24 hours. Mm. An hour later, Jack just puts in the Sofa Cinema Club WhatsApp chat. Sorry, not coming to London. <laughs> so I have to get on the phone and be like, Jack, you are coming to London. You're not giving up at the first hurdle. Just get to the train station and get on a train. It doesn't matter if you're standing. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what train it is. Just get to London, which he did. That was my issue. I didn't want to be on getting on a train and then them saying, right, you have to change here at Ipswich, then you have to go to Crewe, and then you're off to Skegness, and then you're going via... I didn't want any of that, so I just wanted a quick train or a quick commute down. But who doesn't? You're saying that that some people would choose to fucking go, like, miles... (laughs) How do you want to get there? I'd love to go via everywhere, actually. Scenic. Yeah, everyone wants to get there quickly. On a steam train through all of the English countryside. (laughs) I'd like to walk. (laughs) So, 
Anyhow, I was meant to be getting the 715. The 715 was cancelled. Colson said, it don't matter. It's the Wild West. You turn up to the station. Just get on. Just get on. It's a kick, it's a kick bollock scramble. Just run. No one's checking tickets. Get on. I said to you, you don't even need to collect your tickets. I was like, just get on a train. Yeah, yeah. And you were right. But anyhow... I get home and the 7.15 is cancelled, so I'm getting the 8.15. So I get home at like 5 past, 10 past 7. I check the old app to see what's happening at the stations. The 8.15's now cancelled and the 7.15's back on. So I'm thinking, shit, I've five minutes to get my train. So I quickly pelt out the door. I've already thought I've missed my train. I'm just going to get to the station and see what the situation is. I get there. I'm printing out my tickets. I have a quick scan up to the monitor. It says the 7.15 is due to set off at 7.45. I'm thinking, brilliant. I'm back in the room. I get on the train. As I'm on there, they say, we're waiting for a crew to come off another train. As soon as that gets here, then we're off. Ten past eight, we finally sets off. There's some girl sat in my seat. And I said... Ooh, is this your... She went, no, it's not even my train. They moved me off that one there that were the five o'clock train to London and they've put me on this. So it's now ten past eight and she hadn't moved. So I went, look, you've had a stressful day. You sit there, I'll sit next to you. You're all heart. I'm all heart. You've had a stressful day, you sit there, love. <laughs> Making it out like you're doing her a favour when well, outright yeah, she knows that the train will be unclassified. So even if it is your seat, it doesn't count anyway. Well, so anyway, the guy comes over the tannoy and he says, um, bing, bing bong, bong. bing bong. <laughs> he says, um... <laughs> Bing bong, we're setting off now. There's no food or water. <laughs> he opens up with that. <laughs> he says, everything's gone. We have nothing, so don't ask. Like people have just been asking him for food and water all day. Water. No, don't ask. I told yeah. you don't ask. Got the cake. No. He says, we're setting off now. We've got the crew that we needed. We'll be there soon. And then puts phone down. <laughs> so then sets off. So, he, I'll tell you what he does he sets off and gets off the train doesn't he? Yeah. makes that announcement and fucks off yeah releases handbrake and off he goes yeah. <laughs> right so off we go and we're going slow I feel like we're not going to make the time of like 2 hours 10 that it's meant to be so we get into like is it Macclesfield yeah Macclesfield yeah. You, when you first told me the story you called it Mansfield and I, I did you have taken Mansfield. a fucking weird route I, mean, I did call it Mansfield Mansfield <laughs> but anyway it's Macclesfield we set us off from there having picked up a couple of stragglers this train's full now did you have the awkward thing of like when you pull into Stoke-on-Trent mm. it's already like the tube and people are trying to get on the train because bear in mind we're the lucky ones because the train yeah. starts at Manchester but it's full at Manchester and then every single stop, there's people trying to get on. Yeah, so it was getting busy. There's, They do start to declassify the train. So first class is not first class. It's now just whatever you want. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. What, the party bus? Is it like the party train? <laughs> whatever you want, come on! There's no crisps, there's no, no water. I'll switch the lights on and off. It'll be like a disco. We set off from Macclesfield. Are we doing the whole journey? Sounds like yeah, it. Listen, yeah. listen, listen. We sets off from Macclesfield and he comes on the tannoy and goes, bing bong. And he goes... Does he right. say that or make the noise? He goes, I'd love it if he said that. Did, uh, bing bong. It does a happy tune <laughs> that's about to give you really bad news, which I find really fucking amusing. I love that. No chance. Yeah. So he says... He says, this is an urgent announcement. Right? <laughs> One bottle of water. Going, going. I look at the girl next to me. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, hold on tight, love. Strap yourself in. We're in for some fucking bad news here. He says, 
This train is about to arrive at Milton Keynes, where this train will terminate. <laughs> why? And he says, if someone's got earphones in next year, tell them to take them out now, because this next bit is crucial. <laughs> so he says it's terminating at Milton Keynes, where we've all to get off, hop over the bridge to get to platform four where there's a train arriving that's going to take us to Watford Junction. He says, but be quick about it, because as soon as it's in, it's off. (laughs) I'm looking at everyone, and everyone's thinking, right, this is the fucking Wild West now. There's like 600 people on this train. We have to jump over some bridge, up some steps, down some steps, get to another platform to wait for this train, and then get on, and it's a lottery. Whoever gets on gets a seat, gets a ticket, gets to start standing. It's a up. game show. Honestly. That's what I'm saying. So I'm fine. I'm one man in a bag. I can slink in and get in any sort of gap anywhere. I don't have to look after anyone. I'm getting off this train and I'm almost laughing. There's a guy with a fucking cello, right? <laughs> guy with a bike. Pram. No chance. No chance. You're booked. No, no chance. chance. Cello, no lad, chance. you're off. <laughs> you're off. If you've done a violin, you've got a chance, but not so with a cello. It literally does feel like the Titanic. Everybody's pushing and running to platform four. We go down these steps, we're all on this platform waiting for this train. I'm thinking, where's this train come from? And how many people are going to be already on it? I don't understand why they terminate them, though. I imagine so that it didn't go into London as an empty train to go back to Manchester, because imagine all the people waiting in London to get back to Manchester. That would be my theory. Mm. Well, anyway. (laughs) Anyway, are you on the train or not? I managed to get on, but there's people that don't. What about the lad with the cello? I didn't see him. I don't know. I don't know know. if he survived. But didn't this train only go so far? Yeah, this was only going to Watford Junction, and then at Watford it was terminating, and then it was bus. Did you get on bus? No, did I bollocks get on bus? This train was so full, I did the rest of the journey from Milton Keynes to Watford under someone's armpit. You know those revolving bogs, the little blind date bogs that they have on those trains? There were people in there, (laughs) in there, stood all around Don't mind me. All around the shitter. I mean, you paid 200 quid for this seat. number two. (laughs) Imagine. Can you imagine? Look, I know this is awkward, but could you just turn your backs? (laughs) Can you whistle? It helps. If I think you're listening to me, just have a chat, normal, normal, regular chat, and I'll just, I'll be, don't mind me. (laughs) <laughs> don't comment on the smell <laughs> luckily I had a car picking me up oh, oh, oh you've pulled the I'm famous well I haven't loose women have <laughs> but that car picking you up must have been very very delayed well that car was waiting at Euston it then thought I got terminated in Milton Keynes so it set off to Milton Keynes and then I had to ring it and say, no, it's Watford Junction. And he turned round. Anyway, I got picked up and all was not lost. I met friends with some woman on the train and she'd had an awful day. Like everyone had had an awful Sound day. Sounded like you were the, you were the saviour of the situation. And I refused water, Ben. They found some bottles of water at Milton Keynes and they were giving them to people. And I went, I'm all right, you know, I'll give it to someone that needs it. <laughs> Honestly, honestly. The old Brecon Carrig, you're all heart, you are. <laughs> I took this woman that I, I met on the train and I gave her a lift to London Central and said, you don't want to get on that bus. Did you? Did yeah, you actually? I did. I said, you're just I've the got, nicest I said, person in the world. Honestly, I was. I did three things that were really nice. I shocked myself. Since when have you turned nice? It's because I didn't have a problem in a way. I knew it was a journey from hell. But you have to think of it this way, Coz. I get material out of, I can tell it on this podcast, and it's a story. I've no one to look after. I've no kids. I've no dog. Do you know what I mean? I mean, literally just one man. And I have no luggage. So... I'm fine, just sort of, yeah, fine, I'll stand up for a bit. I'm not bothered. So it was it was amusing for me. And then it started raining 
<laughs> Everybody was freezing because, of course, it was meant to be boiling. So every no one's got any clothes on. Everyone's got like shorts and t-shirt on. I'm surprised you didn't see me coming back from my night out. I'd have quite enjoyed that of me stumbling into the hotel as you've literally just got there. Yeah, because you were at a big glamorous ITV swanky party, weren't you? Because uh, because my train was dramatic but a lot less dramatic. The only eventful thing to happen on my train was somebody bought a bottle of Ribena off someone else for a tenner. <laughs> That's brilliant. I love that. I absolutely love that. It's like apocalypse, end of the world thing, isn't it? Where a bottle of shampoo yeah. costs you that much. Yeah. And it was literally like, it, it It was a no-brainer. And everyone was like, do you know what? You've got a bargain there. you got a bargain. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think? Can of gin and tonic, would you reckon? 20? Oh, would have been big. If you had that any booze on that train, Ben, big. You're not getting change out of a £20 note for a tin of gin. Do you know what? I might stock up. Yeah, next time. I find it's delayed. Anyone? Just keep riding the train. (laughs) Keep riding it. Can you imagine? The minute it's declassified, be like, I've got Maltesers going once. (laughs) Anything off the trolley. (laughs) (laughs) So we get to Loose Women on Thursday morning. And we're kind of waiting in the wings, aren't we, to, to go on and do the show. And we know in the show that we're talking about the podcast. And. I see them rigging in the advert break for us free to sit down and they've give us a certain order to come out in. And I just turn around and I go, Jack, you've got a different chair to everybody else. And he looks and he goes, I have, yeah, I have. And like he speaks to like the floor manager about it and they're like, oh, don't worry, it go, it goes down to the same height once you sit on it. Anyway, live TV, it's finest, wasn't it, Jack? It was funny. You've got a high chair? Looks like you need a tray for your food. It was Christmas Day. Get the spare chairs out. Yeah, spare chairs. It was Christmas, wasn't it? But it was good fun, wasn't it? We we went on. We spoke about the podcast. We had a we had a nice little chat. It was funny. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, actually. It was good. Really good. So I guess if you are one of the listeners that joined us after seeing us on Loose Women, welcome, welcome to Sofa Cinema Club. This part is normally a lot more condensed. We talk about as week, but obviously. Jack's just give us a full two hour, ten minutes of a train journey to London. But there's um, there's a few other things that have happened in the week. And we always have a feature called Animal Encounter, where it's not always a feature, but it kind of has turned permanent now. So it started off with Ben and his dog. And last week we were talking about snakes. Mm. And after last week's conversation about snakes, my sister said the other day at work, my sister's a vet, um, somebody's come in with a Asda bag for life. And give it to the vet and said, this is this is a snake. And Hannah, obviously, is like, doesn't really know much about reptiles. It's not her, like, forte. It's not my field, sorry. <laughs> Iguana, not me. Down the corridor to the right. He's found it. He's found this in, like, the town centre outside the shops, yeah? This snake. And he's put it in an Asda bag for life and took it straight to the vets. But Hannah goes... It's all right because I know that our receptionist keeps snakes as a pet. So I'll just give it to her to look after and if anyone comes in, know where it is. So Hannah gives this snake to the receptionist and the receptionist is like, oh yeah, amazing. And the receptionist is like, it looks a bit like the snake that I've got actually. Anyway, four hours into a shift, the receptionist gets a phone call from her husband. Oh God. I'm really sorry, love. I've, I've lost the snake. <laughs> what are the chances? Her own snake. Got handed in to her. What are the chances? What was it doing in Asda? I don't know, Ben. <laughs> and wh- why has the husband? Asda? Why has the husband taken the snake uh-huh. into Asda for a walk? Hang on, it was an Asda bag for life, but he didn't fucking find it in Asda. No, I think that I think that is the case. He came out of Asda, had a bag for life, and thought, "I need. Can I have an extra bag, please? Twenty p. <laughs> oh, some some punter has just flukily returned it to the veterinary practice where the owner's the receptionist. But that looks like my snake. She didn't recognise it until her husband rang and went, I'm really sorry, <laughs> I'm really love, sorry. I've, I've lost the snake. I'm really sorry, I left the gate off the... I left it in the trolley. <laughs> <laughs> weird that, innit? <laughs> yeah, really weird. So what else has happened, Ben? We, we've got some we've got some big big life news, haven't we? Uh, is it... what What's it called? A... a like a, when it's a moment in history. <laughs> uh, end of an era. 
end of an era that's it that's it that's the word go on ben no come on you go i've spoke too much it's more it's emotional for me these two are splitting up they're moving out so me and ben after three years and seven months of living with each other yeah jesus christ three years and seven months of living with each other it's come to an end doesn't it that the dream is over I feel that I've kind of worked it out. With you, Jack, that was a year. And then Ben, three and a bit years. I've literally had my university with you. I've done a full course as a doctor <laughs> with the two of you, basically. That's good. Yeah. It's a long time. I wonder what you specialised in. Film. You'd like to think it was film. Yeah. Ben's gone into his new swanky flat and I am um, I'm currently homeless awaiting to move into my my bachelor pad. <laughs> yeah, going in on your own. Yeah. On your own. That'll be interesting. My own house that I I own. Mm. It's a big it's like a box tick moment. Are you proud, Ben? Are you proud to be leaving? Is it one of them? <laughs> I haven't thought about it. You're a grown man. I think it's great. <laughs> I think I think it's time it's time I've done all I can yeah I've taken you through those years and I think it's time now you've got your own gaff you don't want you don't want the old duffer in the back bedroom be quiet you might be awake <laughs> you don't want that do you you want your own gaff <laughs> have I graduated would you say Ben would you say it's like a graduation have I passed whatever test I was put I don't know. On? I don't know. It's up to you. We've, we've gone through a lot of stuff, haven't we? Yeah. It's a bigger life change for you, as we were talking about before. You're running and what you've gone through personally. And now, you know, you're in a house. 19 to 23. It's like the best years of my life and I've Ruined. spent them with you. Yeah. Spent them with me. Yeah. So I guess the big Sofa Cinema Club news will be that eventually, when my house is finished, which isn't far off, we're going to have a new home venue for the old film watch, aren't we? What are you going to do TV-wise? Not the same one, but it will be. It will be big, but it won't be. It, it'll be the. It'll be the perfect size for the distance, and it'll be on the wall. Why can't you just take that one? It's too big. And I think that one's a bit. It, do, it doesn't do dark colours very well, which we'll get onto in Kez. Um, seeing as we've spent an awful lot of time talking about what we've been up to this week. Shall we do what we're here to do and talk about Kez? Oh, yeah. Ben, your first synopsis of Series 6. Billy Casper, uh, a working-class neglected lad from Barnsley, finds hope in taming a wild kestrel that he finds. Happy with that, Jack? Yeah, good enough. Yeah? Good enough. So... The first thing like that Ben touched on there is that Billy Casper, the character, is from Barnsley. Yeah. And it's a Ken Loach film, isn't it? And mm. is he now known as Ken Loach or is he still credited as Kenneth? Ken. He's always been Ken. But on that, it's directed by Kenneth Loach. Yeah, I saw that. And I was like, that's really weird because I, I thought he was Ken Loach. Well, I suppose, you know, it's a long time ago, 1969. Yeah. There's not many films that have come out of Barnsley. Barnsley's not really known for its, you know, arts <laughs> industry, is it? Goldstone, it's not Hollywood. So th- this in Yorkshire, like where I grew up, where a lot of my friends are from, this is a real staple generational film. Grandparents make this, kids watch it, and the kids make their kids watch well, they it. They teach it in schools, don't they? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's like a big deal in Yorkshire, this film. So it's always a film that I've known and then obviously there's there's plays of it and I think I said in last week's episode, as an actor you have a showreel and as a kid if you've not worked you'd normally do like a monologue to camera like quite a polished piece. And I did Kez in the classroom talking to the class about his bird, the kestrel, and if she flies off, she flies off. And that, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a monologue that I did. And it was also the monologue that probably three other people in the class did because... Every kid in Yorkshire did it. I yeah, did it. yeah. It's a great piece of writing. So, Ben, why why did you decide to pick this film and how long have you been thinking about picking it? I think if we go back to why we started the podcast or some of the basis for the podcast and certainly the films I'm going to try and pick is films, if you haven't seen, you should whether you like it or you don't like it, it's part of film history, especially in England. It's British film history. And Kes is just one of those 
you know, it says a lot about the area. It says a lot about education. It says a lot about class. And I think it's a fantastic film, which needs to be seen, which I think you hadn't seen, Colson. Or had you at school? I think I'd seen it in school, but I reckon I'd probably seen it in school in one lesson on a Monday and then the other half on a lesson on a Thursday. Well, anything you sort of watch in school, you don't watch, do you? Yeah, exactly. You dick about. I think the other thing that I noticed is, because I, I don't know how you two watch this, but I made the cock up because Amazon Prime isn't very good at old movies. No. Nope. Apple. Yeah, I should have Appled it, but I've Amazoned it, and it was really hard with the darks. Like, you know, the, the scene where he's climbing up to steal the Kestrel, for me, that's just a black screen. Always go Apple. Yeah. But the sound quality... I mean, I'm from Yorkshire, and I fucking struggled with that accent. In America, Jack, they had to dub it. For the American audience, it, it was redubbed without Barn. I mean, I... I, I because I'm from a different part of Yorkshire, do you? I reckon I probably understand that more because, like, I play cricket with people. Yeah, I did understand it. I did, but I was struggling. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But then I wasn't sure if it was just, if it was the sound quality. Probably a bit of both at times. I, sat, I, I watched it with the mother-in-law. She had no fucking clue. No clue what they were saying. No clue. And I guess there's that, there's that Ken Loach thing that he's almost famous for of imperfect because we know that a lot of his stuff is improvised and he kind of just sticks a camera on it and it'll be right. And there, there is a lot of that in Kez where you can see the lad who plays Billy Casper forgetting his lines yeah. and then just carrying on. Yeah. But obviously it working and he's just left it in because for him that that's what he wants. But that, that kind of is Ken Loach through and through, isn't it, Ben? He starts laughing as well sometimes, doesn't he? Do you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is one big bit where he laughs. It's in the uh, changing rooms, isn't it? When is it when Brian Glover? Yeah. yeah. When he's having a go at him. Oh. Yeah. Because oh, he, he hits the ball in his head, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, that that's the best montage in the film. And that's a half an hour montage, pretty much. The whole mm. football thing. Oh, I mean, it's just pure genius. We're Man United. What do you mean? We're Man United. Your Spurs, right? I'm picking first. That was my school. That was my schooling. The Tekker played with you. And when he kicks off and he goes, it's kick off in the sixth round of the FA Cup, <laughs> yeah, and it's no. the slightly balding, fair-haired Bobby Charlton to kick off. <laughs> like, and he's going through. He's and clearly the- making it up. But yeah, but, but then when you see the dive for the penalty, yeah, it's penalty to penalty. Then he takes it. You moved. Because he saves it. <laughs> and you can see what's brilliant is the lads have forgot it's a film. Yeah. They think it's a fucking game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they say, take a look at them. You can see them behind them. Well, that's not fair. He saved it. And I've been in stuff, Ben's been in stuff, Jack's been in stuff, where you've had to shoot sport and it's impossible to make it look good isn't it? Mm. It really is. But that football montage, considering it's however many years old, it's fucking brilliant. It just works. It took two days to film that. But I suppose they all have to be shit and they are shit. But also the bit where, you won't probably know this, but the balls were leather and they soaked the water up. So the bit where he kicks the ball out and knackers his foot is what happened at school. If you headed it, it absolutely oh. knackered your head. And he kicks the ball and he goes, oh, fuck. And then the lads next to him and go, oh, yeah, my legs. My legs are feeling it. They're both talking to each other. Yeah. Brilliant, isn't it? Brilliant, brilliant. And the PE teacher probably steals quite a lot of the, like, accolades from the film. It's it's one thing that sticks out in people's memories, I think, isn't it? That whole montage. We had a teacher. He had a whistle around his neck. We were playing rugby and he'd blow his whistle and he went to, he was playing. Every time a teacher would play the match with you, we're playing rugby. He's gone through, smashed everyone in the face. It's, it's a, it's a try on his own. He gives it the massive dive. He lands on his whistle straight into his chest. Knackers himself, gets up, goes, try, try. But he's a knack in his chest. He, but he pushed everyone in the face. We could only have been about 14. <laughs> Pushing everyone up, try, try. And then kicks it over. Brilliant. I think one thing the film does really well is it kind of shows you straight off that 
Billy's a little bit different to the other kids around him. He's different to the other people in his family. You know, his his brother Judd is working down the mines and is kind of, you know, he, he's decided that he's going to take the life that's been made for him. Whereas Billy Casper wants something different. And there's that feeling that the school system isn't right for him. Work isn't right for him. It's a change of a school system. So that's the first opening within two years. And they mention it. The teacher bit's really interesting because that's part of the film is it goes into secondary modern. So you get this thing where you get an 11 plus and you can go to grammar school. If you don't pass that, you go into a secondary modern, which were new then. And I went to a secondary modern in the 70s, but it was a big pot. So it was a massive school. And if you didn't want to go and do an apprenticeship or go to the mine or go to a factory, you were kind of lost. And I think that's what also what they're talking about with Billy is he's lost in that school system. He's lost in his life because he's on an estate. And when you see the estate, there's all those dogs running around was just how it was for me as a kid. All those dogs at everyone's door. Do you, do you, do you remember that bit? Yeah, just dogs yeah. And no cars, no cars. That's why the kids played out. Because when I was a kid, there were no cars. Not like there is now. So it's it just sorry to, it's a, an important part of the film is also to reflect on what was happening in the school system and what was happening to Billy. Do you know when that, I have that chat and he's only 15, they have that chat and, with the teacher and he goes, well, what are you going to do? Yeah. And he goes, well, I don't know. And he goes, well, if you don't know, you're going down the pit. Yeah. That's the chat I had at school. Well, I want to be an actor. Well, there's no chance. Yeah. When you're saying you want to be Billy Elliot, they're going, no. Well, it hadn't been written. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just talk a little bit about um, the, the other key character in the film, Kez, the Kestrel. So how does Billy get to finding out about this Kestrel and how does he get to the decision of taking it and what does he do when he takes it? Well, he's a dreamer, isn't he? That's what's happening to Billy. He's a dreamer. His life is outside what the difficulties of his home life. No dad, mum working, brother out the mines. But he's not looking at that estate thinking he's got much many choices. So he's a dreamer. He lives out onto the fields and onto the hills. And you can see him at school. He's looking out, isn't he, all the yeah, time. Yeah. He's never in the class. And he's dreaming and he sees this kestrel. And then there's a great bit where there's that impro with the lad and he, they're talking about it, aren't they? And they lads, oh, I don't know what you do. Well, what, what would she suggest? Well, I don't know. You go to the library and get a book. Oh, the farmer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at first the farmer starts having a go at him. Yeah. And he goes, you bugger off, private property. <laughs> and then within seconds, he's going, we'll go to the library, get a book and have him. Yeah. Which, which he does. And I think there's quite um, almost one of the you know, the, the nice underdog elements in the film is that it's made clear by Judd that Billy can't read or write. But he, he gets his book about the Kestrel and he learns to read the book and then later on in the scenes in the English class, he can write the words from the book. And it kind of has shown that when there's something that he's interested in and he puts his mind to it, he can read and write and that's kind of how... You know, his edu- he's getting more from this bird educationally than he is doing from going to school. But that's a reflection on the system. And I think that's what Ken Loach and the writers are trying to say. It's a reflection on the system that you could leave school then at 15 with no qualifications. I did. Because I thought that moment when the English teacher, who's a, who's a really nice character, yeah. says... Um, who's the only actor in the film? Uh, Everybody in that film are amateurs. Because that teacher, absolutely, when he smacks those lads with the cane... He's a head teacher of the local school <laughs> in real life. And he hits them. And the kids that got hit got paid 50p each. For getting hit. That the, One of the greatest pieces of cinema, which you'll never, ever be able to recreate, is when the lad goes to give a message to the teacher, gets drawn in, finds the fags smacks him and a little tear goes down his face. Yeah, he's brilliant. Because he's just been came. He's just been came for real. He's, he's obviously been told, don't worry, nothing's happened. You're just in the scene. Give a message. And then the lad hits him. And he says, he says something like, he says something like, sir, like he's about to grass on them. 
and the the scene ends, and it, it was you know he he was really really good. It's, I mean, it's brutal, and they all have got caned. That was still there when I was at school. Did you get caned? Yeah, we got the bells or ruler. You got the ruler. I mean, there was a whole selection. Which hurt the most? <laughs> I don't know. They were all a bit of a shock, and then after a while, there was always one lad who went, "Didn't hurt, didn't hurt, <laughs> didn't hurt." Would you get caned on your hands? Yeah, on your arms, on your legs, on the hand as well. They, they, they was it went later on. They did it, but I mean, that was the system. It, that's the. I suppose that's what they're trying to say is that you know when they're shouting at them in assembly, it's just brutal. You've got to conform. There's an interesting element in the fact that all the teachers are, they're a bit shit. They're not the nicest people in the world. But there is this one teacher, the English teacher, who kind of makes a different effort and kind of shows a different world to Billy. And there's a really nice moment where they talk about facts and he starts talking about his bird and he gets him to the front and... At first, it's like that teacher there was going to humiliate him like all the other teachers had. But as he starts talking about his bird and as he can see that he's passionate about it, he really engages and he really listens, which leads us on to a scene where Billy goes to fly Kez and the teacher comes down to watch him, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah, but before that, what I loved, which was typical of a school, as soon as someone stands up and they get they get applauded for something that they've done out of school or whatever. They get brought back down to earth in the schoolyard when the other lad knocks seven calls of shit out of him, doesn't he? Yeah. Because he's been up there and he's seen that he's had a round of applause and then he just he wants to bring him down a peg, doesn't he? Mm. So he starts to bully. Well, I thought that was really clever, that. Fights him on the call stack. Mm. Mm. Rather than, you know, just the kids going, oh, nice one, Billy, well done, you know, and it all being nice and flowery and lovely. It's just the reality of, no, no, that that's actually what school's like. Yeah. I thought it was clever. And it's the way the teacher couldn't get to them, couldn't get through everyone watching. Mm. And then he turns around to the lad and goes, should I bully you? Yeah. I liked that. But that's obviously real. Yeah. Yeah. He's obviously turned around and had a go because he goes, well, I'd, I'd get my dad. Oh, and I'd get my dad. And my dad's heavyweight fucking champion of the yeah, world. But it, <laughs> yeah. It, it shows you that brutality because... Do you notice when they were playing football or the coal was there or whatever, you see the the factories in the back or the mines in the back. Mm. And massive council estate houses. Massive, aren't they? Red brick, semi-detached. Yeah. They they look huge. And now in Barnsley, like, because I know Barnsley fairly well, like, obviously they're all still there and they're quite, they, you know, because they're so big and because of the age they're from, they're quite like sought after places now. Mm, mm. But yeah, it was a different. It was a different way of living. I think when he did the paper round, when he bought the fags, when he had, you know, he, you know, all that thing about money and having to work, and he got up at six and he was knackered after that fight. He has that really good scene with that teacher, doesn't he? Yeah. And the teacher says, "What's going on?" And he goes, well, "I'm knackered." I've got up at six, I've done a paper round, I've come to school. I've fed the bird. I've fed the bird. I'm not, he's not washing. He's not looking after himself. He's not being looked after. Shares a bed with his brother. Who hates him. Who, the brother, by the way, I thought he's a fantastic character. Yeah. Whenever I used to do Kez at drama school, I would either play Billy Casper or Judd depending on if the kid I was acting alongside was older than me, he was Judd, or if he's younger than me, I'm Judd. And you do that duologue scene where, you know, when he's getting ready to go out on a night out and he's got he's got the book and he's reading the yeah. Falcon Anne book and there's just that little spat between them both. It's a great scene, actually. And he wasn't the actor who's playing uh, Judd was not actually an actor. He was called Freddie Fletcher and Ken Loach spotted him in a pub, drinking and having a laugh and having a crack with everybody there. And he just thought, that's Judd. A hundred percent, that's Judd. And he spoke to him and said, we're doing this film. And he was a minor. That was his life. And he's like, no, fuck off, not interested, whatever. Persisted and really spoke to him and says, look, please, 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 give him the script. And he, he said, all right. And he says, look, you can do what you want. Just be yourself, just be yourself. So he is, and he was. And at the end of the film, Ken Loach really wanted him to have 
an acting career and go into acting, he says, you're bloody brilliant. And he didn't. He just went back down mine. Wow. And never did anything else again. He's fully invested thinking that lad's his younger brother and that lad, because they come to a bit where he tries to get Billy to put a bet on for him, doesn't he, while he's down the mine and Billy doesn't and takes the money, realising these horses probably won't win, buys himself fish and chips and gets some meat for his bird and the horses the horses win. And it's 10 quid, 16 quid, quite a bit of money. And then Judd's after him. And you can see that the lad playing Judd has completely thought he's won 16 quid mm. and he's mm. smacking him around. Mm. Like he's, you don't get that filmmaking now. They're both completely in it. He completely thinks he's got that bird. Would that film have worked if it wasn't a Ken Loach project? If it was a director who really wanted to take it very seriously and wanted it to be perfect, would it have worked? Would it have been the same film? I suppose Ken Loach is... We, I suppose Ken Loach is a filmmaker, political filmmaker. Yeah. So the reason it works is you believe those people. He always has the people who are from there or are making a statement. Does Ken Loach just make films about the working class and the dislike of the upper and society and all that kind of stuff? Is, is I think he is just that- makes a comment. I don't think he dislikes it. He's just making a comment. He's just showing you the life, isn't he? And giving it to you to make up your mind about what you're seeing. But if it's a piece of historical filming, you're not going to be able to recreate it. I suppose this style of directing as well, it's almost like he's just watching. And I'm sure that's what he does. But his shots, what I mean by that is his shots are not really clever. It's no. like just probably like just it's probably just a pan. It follows the action, it films the action, it cuts. A lot of it doesn't have a single of the person who's speaking as well. A lot of it will keep the camera on someone for an awkward amount of time when it should cut back to someone, and they, do, especially in the classroom. Well, he's not doing a scene, is he? He's just film. He's footage. filming one reaction, yeah. one yeah. time. He's not asking you to do it again. Cutaways of the extras yeah. every now and then, or cutaway of the bird, or yeah. So, just before we take a break for the reviews, Ben, talk to us a little bit about the ending and obviously the the big moment so Jared has asked him to put this bet on he doesn't he goes and f- hunts for Billy Billy runs away Billy's at school then Billy at the end of school runs to find his bird as he always does can't find his bird goes into the house and knows that Judd will have killed the bird and then there's that there's those extraordinary scene between the two where uh, the mum is in the middle and Judd has killed the bird and the bit that really really has always got me is when he's looking in two bins and he looks in the first bin, doesn't find it. Then he picks, he goes to the second bin and he picks the bird out of the bin. And uh, his brother's killed Cares. It's how limp it is, isn't it? And you, and you know as well, that is a real bird. Yeah. And Ken Loach spoke to David Bradley and he said, because they trained three birds and David Bradley actually trained the birds because he had to be able to train them so that the footage looks real and he is training that frigging bird as you can tell he's you know he is going to him for the meat they used three and ken loach said at the end of the film one of them will be killed because one of them has to be dead for the end so we will kill one for the end uh scene so when he's picking that bird out of the bin David Bradley knows that that is one of the birds that he has trained. That and is he Kes. probably knows which one it is. Yeah. Yeah. But they get the scene and get the reaction. And then Ken Loach says to him and says, right, we didn't kill the bird. That's a bird. It's a different bird. It's a bird that's died of natural causes. It isn't one of the ones that we've trained. It's just, it's just, a, it's just died of natural causes. So I only said that so that I could get that reaction. Ah. Because I was thinking, how how have they got it? Yeah. And then he goes back in and he says, you know, they have that big fight with his brother and he uses the bird to defend himself. Mm. Yeah. And it's a really sad moment. It feels like the end of his childhood. It feels like the end of innocence for Billy. That 
it will never be the same. He's leaving school. The bird that gave him a bit of hope has been killed by his brother. It's the end of that innocence. Well, it's the one bit of good that he had in his fucking life and it's been taken away from him. Yeah. And then he buries the bird and and it ends like that. And I've always loved that ending. It's not a big sort of blockbuster ending. And no, it, doesn't it does even, just end. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't even end on an amazing shot. Well, speaking of blockbuster ending, Disney wanted to buy this film and they said that they were going to make it into a film on the... Um, condition that they changed the ending so that the bird lives and Billy gets a job in a zoo <laughs> and, Bar- and and Barry Hines said no fucking way that's not the point no is way it? it ends on him not getting a job and the bird dying because that's what life is and on that note let's take a quick break hear from our sponsors and then we will come back and rate the film Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Back from the break, Ben, your first film of Series 6. A big film for you. Let's have your rating. The film is rough. The film is improved. There are some beautiful bits because it is improved and it is the way it is. You never would have got. The film is very similar to, I recognise a lot of, we used to have a teacher who used to throw the blackboard rubber at us if you were talking and smack your head. There was a lot in there that made me, I don't know, just really resonated with me. I think the performances are amazing. I think the fact that it is brutal at the end is fantastic and you don't see that anymore. And it leaves you thinking, God, what's going to happen to Billy? Uh, I think it's a really formative film in cinema, especially in British cinema. So I find it very hard to be, I don't, I don't know, I find it very hard to pick holes in it. I'm sure, it, I'm obviously, it's not for everyone, that this film, not without a doubt. Um, so I think I've just got to go 10. I knew you were going 10. You know, it's a big film. And I think sometimes it's, some of it is shot so beautifully and some of it is performances you'll never get again. Shep? Before I give my rating, there's, there's two little bits of information I wanted to share. David Bradley came out and said there's a scene that would be one of the best scenes in Kez had it been filmed, but they didn't film it. That's because the cameras ran out of film while they were improvising. It was when he was in the library and you know he's asking for a... Uh, the book and she's saying you need to be a member and, and and blah 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 and all that's going on there was a woman in the library who was a customer who was getting so annoyed at Billy Casper's uh, rudeness to the librarian so she came over and she starts having a go at him and David Bradley thought it were a great opportunity to start ad-libbing and improvising with this customer in the store so started having a go and was telling her to bugger off at which point she starts beating him with an umbrella (laughs) and beat him out of the library but the cameras run out of film but there's actually a a statue as well isn't there in Barnsley town city 
City? Barnsley Town. It confused me when they kept saying down in the city. But yeah, there's a statue of Billy Casper, isn't there? And I think Greg Davis and David Bradley have since made a documentary, haven't they? Looking for Kez sort of thing. I think, I think, I mean, I think this film has been David Bradley's life, it seems. And I think, does he have a Kestrel himself or something like that now, maybe? There, there is a documentary that was made on it. Maybe that could be your gem. <laughs> the film, uh, the film brilliant. Grew up with the film, watched it loads, um, got taught it in school appreciate it a lot more now than what I did when I was at school I'm going to go 8.7 wow 8.7 so one thing I will say on Kez is the thing that I picked up on is it's like it's very much like a generational film I think it's a film that you know now when there's a, a child's film about an animal released, for example, Racing Stripes, yeah? <laughs> that is a film. No, no, just hear me out. For example, off the top of my head, Racing Stripes. That, that's a film that is purely just for kids, whereas this clearly isn't a film that was purely just for kids, is it, you know? I imagine this is a film that w- the day it was released, you could have had your grandparents, your dad your brother and your sister all sat watching the film and they would all get a very similar thing out of it because it, it doesn't try to be anything it's not. Does that make sense? Do you get what I'm saying there? I think so. It wasn't wildly released because people didn't think even in England to be able to understand the dialect. So it was only released to a few cinemas up north. I would say it's just very, it, it's very much like a film for the generations, I think is what I mean, if that makes any sense. Um, obviously... A bit annoyed that I watched it on Amazon because it probably wasn't the best with my TV and the time of day that I watched it. The lighting was a bit hard. Like, love the story, know the story, have times as a child where myself I have gone on and, like, performed it. Um, It hasn't done the same thing for me as it has done for you and Jack, but it's it's the 7.5, though. Oh, he's been kind. He's been kind. Because he knows he'll get shit when he goes home if he gives Kez a low mark. I would get... It's a bit... It is a massive, massive thing. Like, you know, the bar that I go to in Wakefield, the lad who manages the bar, I went to college with me, and he just played Judd in in Kez on stage and all the customers now call him Judd the Bastard sort of thing. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's a big... It is a big Yorkshire thing and... I got that and I understand it and you can understand why the people from Barnsley for, for them it, it is it is their Hollywood moment isn't it it's got to be yeah 26.2 26.2 that's, that's big that's a big rating that's big that. for Kez that's good that's big very good before we find out what film Jack has picked for us to watch next week it's um, it's the big feature it's it's the feature that just about keeps on going <laughs> Just, I'm hanging on. I'm hanging on. Hanging on it. Hey, it's good this week. It is Oof. very good this okay. week. I watched it. Uh, when did I watch it? A couple of days ago. It's brand new. It's a film. No theme tune. Just straight nah, in. Nah, okay, scrap, scrap the theme. Are you tune even going to say what it's called? Your feature. Uh, Jack's hidden gem of the week. He's excited because he's found one. Okay, it's on Netflix. It's a film. It's brand new. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it, you might have done. It's Ryan Gosling. Oh, it's meant to be shit. It's not, you know, it's good. It's not hidden gem, it's brand It's not new. a hidden gem. It's like a £200 million budget. They have spent some frigging money. Yeah, about £200 million hidden quid. Hidden gem, Jack? Yeah. It's out this week. It's not, it's not a hidden gem, it's just had a massive premiere in Leicester Square. Well, it's not even on the top ratings. Jack, it's been out two days. <laughs> All right. Hidden yeah. gem. I'm go- I, I hate to say this to you, Jack, but it clues in the title. Jack's <laughs> hidden gem. One of the biggest releases in film this week. People probably don't know. Jack's massive release of the week. I'm going to take a wild guess that it's The Grey Man. It is. The Grey That's Man. That's what it is called, The Grey massive. Man. Massive. It's basically uh, the born um, identity. It's basically that. It is. Do you know what? It is good. It is good. It's not a hidden gem. As an action film goes, there's one bit with a train where I go, oh, come on, that won't fucking happen. But other than that, 
It's fine. That kid's in everything. Kit Connor. He is in everything. I don't know him. The little gin- the ginger-haired kid. There's no ginger-haired kid in it. There is. Don't, don't you worry. There is. There isn't. Well, maybe he's dyed his hair for the job, but I know what I mean. I'll watch it and I'll tell you who he played. How old is he? 15. No. There is. <laughs> there isn't. Well, I'll tell you, I hate to break up this party, but you two going, there is, there isn't, there isn't times 10, there is... There is infinity. It isn't getting us anywhere. That's not a fucking hidden gem. That's a, what's a load of shit. Watch it. it. Honestly, it's funny. Well, it's not funny, but it's good. You're going to have to change the title of the film to Jack, a good film this week. <laughs> Jack's a good film this week is fucking right. gem. So that's <laughs> the gem <laughs> this week. Jack, what film are we watching next week? This might be more, this, this might be more of a hidden gem, Ben than the actual hidden gem go on then but it's a big film and um, it did very well in the Oscars I don't know if you've seen it Colts you might have done but I don't think you've seen it with me Um, I think it's about 2006 something like that so quite recent for me Um, all star cast Crash no not seen it not seen it you've seen it haven't you Ben yeah yeah great film yeah who is the all star cast all st- well, you've got um, Don Cheadle, Sandra Bullock, Brendan Fraser. Isn't Tandy Newton? Tandy Newton, Matt Dillon. Um, loads of people. There is loads of people in it. Um, Ryan Philippe, um, Oscar winner, best film. So, the film we're watching next week is Crash. If you want more Sofa Cinema Club, there is a really easy way to do it, and that is by joining us on our Patreon. To join us and become a member for all of our bonus content, all you've got to do to sign up is go on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Sofa Cinema Club, and that's where you'll find our monthly bonus episode, which we're about to record today, and this month's episode is all about summer blockbusters, and... Each week, we read the names of the people who've joined us on Patreon in the last week, and we give them a job in our movie studio slash cinema. So, boys, are we ready to welcome our latest members of staff on? Yeah, I'm not, I don't think I'm too into just someone just giving their first name. I think it's because they're scared of their job they're going to get given. Do you? I like to know their last name. I like to know their last so name. So, please, if you join the Patreon, please put your last name in. Is that what people have been doing? Does that mean you've not got the list in front of you, Jack, to read your names out? No. No, I'm going to look for it now. I've got one. I'll start off while Jack's having a look. Cameron Hopkins, focus puller. Nice. I feel like Cameron's a focus puller name. I don't know why. Head of ammunition. Is that the right word? What? You've made something up, which is... What? With ammunition. Am, am, ammunition. And, <laughs> animation. Animation. It's a new concept I'm doing. <laughs> Lots of guns, but in cartoon form. <laughs> I'll repeat that. Sean Williams, you've got yourself the new job, the new job title of head of ammunition. Ammunition. I think ammunition's fine. <laughs> ammunition. Good luck, Sean. <laughs> we'll, add, we'll add that word onto the list, shall we? Ah yes. Now this is a this is a tough job. Philip O'Hara, your job is um you're the visual effects coordinator. Oof. Basically what that means is you're in charge of the scheduling and the managing of like the the visual effects workload for that day. So you might be doing, you know, Yoda ears in the morning. <laughs> And then Chewbacca's hair before lunch, and then you're finishing off with Jabba's tits after lunch. You made, so a, big, yeah, you made a big job here. It's a big di- Yeah, the visual effects coordinator. You're ordering, you know, the order of what we're fucking visual effecting this today. <laughs> um, Rob. You haven't got a job. I'm not giving you a job, Rob. Jobless, Rob. You're on. You, you, I tell you what. You're on trial, Rob. You got no other name. 
No, apprentice. I need apprentice. You're on trial. Well, if that's how you're treating Rob, surely Katie's got to be an apprentice as well, seeing as we've not got a second name for her. Rob and Katie, apprentice. Yeah, yeah I'll tell you what, it's work experience. They're shadowing. They're shadowing. shadowing. I can give you an apprentice job in a film. But then that's a job, Jack. Yeah, I'm going to give you an apprentice job in a film production. So it's an office production assistant. That's what Katie can do. Oh, what about Rob? Uh, Rob, sound mixer. You, no, you've <laughs> no, gone from can't not give giving him, him a job. job to giving him a job. He's not giving a last name. He's got. He's just Rob. Anyway, bringing up with a bit more class, we've got um, we've got our very 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 friendly um, head of payments, Linda Smith. Head of payments. Head of payments. Accounts. Jack. Lewis Matheson. Matheson. Is that yeah. What we're yeah. Um, wardrobe <laughs> chopper. It's not an easy job, though. I tell you what, we're on that Roman Empire film as well. Oof. Yeah, I know. What's yeah, a leather skirt? You can't get that in Primark. <laughs> Where the fuck are you going to get them from? I know. Ooh. Good luck, Lewis. You're going to be out there. Take Rob. He's got now to do. <laughs> Take Rob. Take Rob. Yeah. Take Rob. You do. You do Primark. <laughs> <laughs> you go to Yorvik. <laughs> so if you want a job you know exactly what to do or more importantly if you want to find some of that bonus content listen to july's special bonus episode head on over to patreon forward slash sofa cinema club and subscribe to become a member of our patreon next week we are watching crash and we look forward to seeing you then we're back for extraterrestrial on monday and as always you can find us on instagram twitter tiktok at sofa cinema club there'll be plenty of stuff put on there in the week we will see you this time next week good night god bless bye 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 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.